there, I'm Dr. Amy King, otherwise known as Dr. Amy, and this podcast is the most important medicine. If you're a professional who wants to have a greater impact in the lives of children and families by building resilience, this podcast is for you. Join us to become a trauma-informed champion by nurturing connections through relational health to help kids and families thrive. Every time you join me, you'll hear practical information and leave with tangible tools you can use every day. Hey friends, it's Dr. Amy, and today I'm joined by two incredible guests. Today I am joined by my mom, Cindy Thomas, and my brother, Tyler McCauley. So welcome both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Hey, Amy. Hey, what? Um, so, so, oh, oh, you could still hear me. Yeah, yeah. she can hear you. <laughs> All right, we're going to get started. So um, as many of you know, who may have been listening to this podcast, we've been having different themes throughout the various months when we are focusing on the most important medicine, which is connection. October, we're really focusing on kids who might be hard to connect with at times. And that includes children or adults with any kind of um, neurodivergence um, or disability. And so I always want to make sure that in this podcast, we're elevating voices of people with lived experiences. And I couldn't think of a better duo than my mom and brother when it came to talking about disability and medical complications and how we as professionals can learn from people that have these experiences. So Mom, I thought I'd start with you and just ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about um, Tyler. So Tyler's 31 years old. You'll be 32 soon, right, Ty? Yep. Okay. <laughs> When's um, your birthday? When's your birthday? Um, I'm October 20th, 1991. Yeah. So you're going to be 32 <laughs> in a, just a couple of weeks here. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about... Um, when you had Tyler and when you found out that there may be some delays and, and just a little bit of that story for our listeners. Um, the pregnancy was good. It was full term. I did have um, an amnio done because I was almost 40. And so, well, I think I was 38, but I had one all came back fine. Everything was good. Um, when I had him, I, um, did have an epidural with him, which I hadn't had with my first two girls. And so um, that was a little bit different. And I pushed for a very, very, very long time, which was not normal for me. But then they finally had to use a suction thing on his head to help me because he would keep coming out. And then when I took a breath, he'd go back in. So it was very difficult. Um, once he was born, he did really well. I mean, you know, he um, looked great. He looked fine. Um, and I really didn't suspect much in the first few weeks, but as it went on, um, I noticed that he leaned to the side a lot. And, you know, when you have a baby and I hadn't had a baby for a while, um, you know, you take their hands when they're lying down and you pull them and they'll try to hold, hold themselves up and use, you know, and Ty wouldn't do that. And so, I asked the pediatrician and um, he said, it's always just probably, you know, just a little slower or whatever, no problem. So when he was two months old, he kept doing this curving thing. And it was just like almost he was curved at the waist, you know, and um, very happy, no problem sleeping, eating, nothing like that. Um, 
And so I finally just took him to the doctor and I was like a Karen in there. And I just said, I'm not going to leave until someone tells me what's wrong with my baby. I mean, I can't. And so they said that they would do an EKG and an EEG and they did one of them. And then the other one they couldn't do until the next morning. So we stayed over and it was that night that a nurse, not a doctor, <laughs> um, heard a heart murmur with Tyler. And then I had a heart doctor and a neurologist and his heart had enlarged um, because his aortic valve was very narrow, 95% blocked, no pulses in his legs. And so um, then I had lots of doctors. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, just to give our listeners some context, first of all, Tyler is 18 years, 16 years, my junior, my junior. Yes. So I was 16 when he was born. You had had two other healthy pregnancies, healthy deliveries, and typically developing children to that point. And so I think one of the first lessons that I want our listeners to hear, especially those that are in healthcare, is that you knew as a mom, something was not right with your child. And you really had to advocate for someone to listen to you because in all other capacities, Tyler was typically developing. He was happy, he was sleeping, he was eating, all those things. But there was something else that you just were like, something's not right with my baby. Mm -hmm. And you were yeah. right. Yeah, I was right. And most of the time mothers are, you know, they do. And you do have to advocate for yourself. And, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but I've had to advocate for him his whole life. Mm -hmm. So um, it's hard. He was born on October 20th and he was in surgery within two months. Is that right? His surgery was December 20th. Mm -hmm. So I had my two girls at home. And so we were in the hospital. He was in intensive care after his surgery. The coarctation was with Dr. Um, Gay. No, Dr. Gay was your doctor, but. Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown, we fired. Who's the, who's the surgeon? Um, Dr. Confluent. Dr. Contouan. And so he had Dr. Contouan. It was very successful. Um, it's kind of, they, they drew a picture for me, but it's kind of like, you know, when you have a bad pipe and you just cut that piece out and then, you know, put other ones that are good together. And that's what they did. And they said to me then that when he was about 13, he'd probably have to have a stent. And when he was about 19, he'd probably have to have that expanded. And that is exactly what happened in our life. So, so let me fast forward just a little bit, because what listeners might not know is that very quickly on Tyler's heels, you had twins yes. who were full-term typically developing kids. And so they are currently 30, um, 30 years old and um, just a couple of years younger than Tyler. But you if we fast forward a few years, you begin noticing other developmental delays, correct? Mm -hmm. um, talk about that. Well, he didn't speak. I was teaching him sign language, you know, like food and, and thank you and things like that. And they said I shouldn't do that because then he wouldn't talk. But he did. I mean, he did eventually talk. And we talked to him, all of us, you, me, Jenny, you know, everybody, um, regularly all the time. And so he had conversations all the time and the, that was short lived. And he, I know 
a lot of kids like him, they will parrot things and sometimes quit talking altogether. And we were very lucky that he didn't do that. He just kept advancing with and, you know, showing, speaking his needs and wants and everything else. So we were grateful for that. Did he have early intervention services? Like, did he go to physical therapy, occupational therapy, feeding specialist or things like that when he was little? First time he went to that, you were in high school at Norwalk and I was in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And so we went to Wright Air Force Base and they evaluated him and said they thought he was autistic Mm -hmm. and possibly mildly retarded. They weren't, and they also said he had um, multiple sclerosis because he did do a lot of things. He did a lot of things with one hand, but didn't do it with the other. Your you sister. Mus- you mean muscular dystrophy, maybe? Yeah, muscular dystrophy. I'm sorry. Yes. That's okay. That's okay. And, so- and, and just so listeners know, and, and if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see this. Tyler, you don't have any problems with walking and talking now, do you? No. No, <laughs> and you don't have muscular dystrophy, right? Right. No, and <laughs> and and as far as we can tell, we've ruled out autism. There were a lot of diagnoses that you received early on, Mom. Yes, yes. That as a as a as a person navigating the medical system and advocating for your kid and having four other neurotypical kids, it was a big challenge. It was a big challenge because no one gives you any information. You have to really dig for it to get information. He had a neurologist because he was having what we thought were seizures. They weren't seizures ever, but they put him on very high doses. Was it phenobarbital? Yes. Yeah. And then they changed him after several years. And he had a really good pediatrician. That's Dr. Pete. So I went to Mayo Clinic. They And I took everything that I had, every box of videos, everything I had of him, including my pregnancy stuff. And they started from the very beginning, took him off all medicine because they wanted to start from scratch. This was, I don't remember that doctor's name, but he was supposed to be very outstanding in the country. So they had him on 24 hour EKGs with the stuff on his head and everything. And so we were there for a week and they told me then that they thought he had, did not have seizures, that they, what they thought they were was abdominal migraines. And so I went home and talked to Pete who I'd known for years and years. Um, And he said, you're not happy. And I said, well, I'm not happy because they've given him so many medications that has retarded his growth that If he's going to have one, which it seemed like he had one once a month, just like a girl would have her period, because I kept a record of it. And I said, if he's going to have one, can't we just treat him for it when he has one, when he has these things? So we did. He said, that's fine. That's what we'll do. So that's what I've always done from that time forward. And so I got rid of my neurologist. and. But but again, that, that sounds like a lot of advocacy. And championing for your child with providers who have a lot of background and expertise and they're doing their very best, right? I don't want to disparage how hard physicians try, but also you're just basically saying, I think I know what might be in the best interest of my kid here. 
And I want to start from scratch and let's just treat these abdominal migraines as he has them. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So it sounds like there were a lot of diagnoses, a lot of misdiagnoses. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about, um, tell me a little bit about just what it's been like to raise a kiddo who isn't typically developing, who has some special needs. It's harder. I mean, it's harder because, you know, my first kid could teach other kid children schoolwork. And then I had Tyler who needed extra help. So um, he had, he was in the special ed room mm-hmm. and, but he was also in the regular classroom his whole life. And we did um, Westridge. Westridge. Yeah. Um, and we did, um, so he had an aide with him so he could go to the regular classroom. He took typing in the regular classroom. He took, you know, everything you could, and he types really well, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he typed faster than a lot of the regular kids, you know, <laughs> but it was, um, I know one teacher tried to just put him in special ed and leave him there. Mm-hmm. Hated her for that. And so my daughter recommended that I never go to an IEP meeting alone again. <laughs> which I did not. So, right. so a couple of things there, right? Again, a lot of advocacy in the schools, um, a lot of trying to become aware of systems that you're unfamiliar with that you haven't navigated for. Yeah. And, you know, I was at the time a graduate student and um, I, maybe even postgraduate at that point and advocating for him to have a representative at his IEP meetings because it was just feeling really overwhelming to navigate on your own. Yes. Um, tell me about the the great things about having a kid with a disability. He's the kindest child. He's the kindest person that you ever, I mean, the twins would take stuff from him and he'd just let them. He wouldn't, you know, and I, and I would say, Ty, that's yours. You don't have to give that up, you know? So it's hard trying to teach him those things, but he does not have that. He does not have anything in, in him that is mean to other people or, you know, and some kids are mean, some kids, you know, um, (laughs) and he's just not, he just doesn't have that. So, um, that's one of the greatest things. He loves everyone. He is sad. If you're sad, you know, um, if the twins cried, then he'd start crying when they were little tiny. So it was just like, chaos at my house but you know he just um he's just really great he he I wouldn't change him that's the thing I mean people are like do you ever wish Tyler was normal I'm like Tyler's Tyler I would never change him he's like the best (laughs) (laughs) so anyway and you know everybody loves him and it's just it's just wonderful once we got to Norwalk when he was in junior high and high school Jude was a very good advocate for us and helped him all the way. And that was, that was his special education teacher. It was, yes. But he still went to all the classes. But when he got to be like 11th grade and 12th grade, we didn't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I told her, I want him to be able to count money. He can tell you what time it is on a regular clock on the wall, which a lot of kids can't. Um, and I just wanted him to do some of those safety things that he would need when he was on his own, when he graduated and stuff like that. Those were more important to me. 
Sure. And so let me let me shift over, Tyler. You've been really patient. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Um. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about um about Jude, about your favorite teacher. What was she like? Um, she was nice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she um helped me learn. Yeah. How um, and um what was that one typing thing she taught you? What was that called? Um Mavis Beacon. Mavis Beacon. Yeah. 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 Um that was um she taught me typing and I learned how to type it. No, not even looking at the keys, what letter am I typing? I know you're one of the best typers I know. Yeah. Uh, it's true. And there's something special about Jude. When you say she was nice to you, what did she do that was nice? Um, one time did she take me to McDonald's, Mom? Yeah, she did that. <laughs> but she makes you do stuff that you're supposed to do. Yeah. But she's kind to you, too. Mm-hmm. Right? When she's doing it. Yeah. She's just the best. Yeah. So and aren't you glad um, I wasn't still in school when she retired, Mom? Yes, I'm very glad. Yeah. Um, tell me, you know, for people or e- even teachers or healthcare professionals who might think it's kind of hard or tricky to um, connect with kids that have disabilities, what are things that you've noticed, Mom, that have really helped people connect with Tyler? I don't know. I just think his personality is, he's very funny. He's very, um, he'll really do whatever you ask him to do. You know, um, he's very compliant. And um, I think they never had any problem with him, you know, just following through and doing stuff. Now, I shouldn't say following through because, you know, attention to attention was a little bit short. So and that's why he had to have an aide in the classroom. So he was on task, stayed on task. But he would do it. I mean, he didn't disrupt everybody. Mm hmm. And and since then, Tyler's graduated from high school, obviously, and he's had a couple jobs here and there. Um, Tyler, yeah. what about <laughs> what about medical professionals, Ty? Who's who's your favorite doctor? There is no favorite other than Dr. Pete. Oh, there Dr. is no favorite other than Dr. Pete. Yeah. And so, what did you love about Dr. Pete? He was your pediatrician, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're my team man. There's my there's my team man, huh? So, yeah. He really, he really knew you, right? I'd known Pete since he was a resident and I worked in the newborn intensive care and when he was a resident. So I'd seen him all through that and um, we just stayed friends. And then when I had Tyler and I needed a doctor, I just thought he would be the best for him. And he was. So you knew him for a long time. I did. Oh over the course of his profession and your kids' lives. What what was it though that you that he did or how was it that he behaved or acted or treated you that made you feel like I'm gonna trust my child, not just my kids, but my child with special needs with this provider? Just like I said, when I came back from Mayo Clinic, um I said I didn't want him on any other medication. Can we medicate him if it happens? And he listens to me. He listened to me no matter what was going on with Tyler. He knew if I said it was an emergency, it was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes doctors um, don't listen. They think they're doctors and they they know everything. And they 
Sometimes they don't, but no, like a parent. I mean, I know they know more than I do, but not about my child. Mm, that's really important, right? Like that you're the expert in your kids. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. One of the one of the best developmental pediatricians I ever worked with said to me that if she does her job right and advocates and educates parents the way she wants to, that she expects them to become an expert in their child and in their child's disability, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And I think you really became that for Tyler. Like you know all of his medications, you know the little quirks, you know what he needs, you know all the signs. <laughs> which really helps him. What about, what about with teachers and in educational systems, what were they doing that made you feel like they were taking care of your kid? It was really Jude. I mean, it really was. When I took him to West Des Moines, he'd already been in the regular class and the teacher he had decided, and I'm sure it's true of a lot of people, a lot of teachers, just easier if they just stay in there. Special ed teacher, I'm sure, was good. You can't keep your child just in a box by themselves. It doesn't work that way. So he has yeah. to know how to deal with other kids, deal with problems that come up. Tyler, is there before we started recording today, I was just asking you about disabilities, right? Um, what does it mean to have a disability? Um means that um you are learning slower than your um but I'm smart. You are smart. And so having a disability might mean that you learn a little bit slower, right? Yes, or you, but that's about... Or you need help with things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just need help prompting. Prompting, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mom has to remind you to do things or to pick up things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are other things that, that she helps you with now to be successful? I do my chat sheet. And I'm, yep. and I'm worth up to $215 of my wealth. Wow, that's amazing. So you do a check sheet every day? Yeah, I started that with five bucks only. Then made it all the way up to 215 That's incredible. That's a lot of money. What what can you do with $215? Um, but now I've gone down to like $50 now. So I have a oh, no. Oh, you went down 50 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you use your I didn't mean to, and, and we're going to get my wrist thing next week. Mm-hmm. What um, do you do with your money? Um, Save it. Save it. You save it? Yeah. Yep. That's but a lot of money. what happens if you need something or want something? Um, then I have to ask you. If we can go, but do you use your own money for that? Yes. Yeah. And it's... What do you go and buy? Um, GameStop. Um, Mama, is it true, Mama, I could get money for my birthday too? It's yeah. possible, yeah. It's possible? Yeah. You can <laughs> add it to your 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I could add it to my 200 bucks. And what else did you buy? Tell her what you bought last week. Um, A blood pressure monitor. A blood pressure monitor. You really like medical things, don't you? Yes. Yeah. What are other things that you really like or things that you enjoy doing? Um, um helicopter going to Murphy One. Um mm-hmm. so um and um I like going with my I really don't like going to all the places to do it. I usually just like to stay home. A lot of times you do, but you do like to go to thrift stores. Yes. I like to go there and look around. Now, I've told you before, Mom, can I please your money for this? Didn't I tell you that before, Mom? Sometimes <laughs> you do. But I said, no, you have your own money now. You make your own money. 
Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler, you like to go to thrift stores and you like to watch helicopters take off. Yeah. And you like medical things, right? Like blood pressure monitors and blood pressure cuffs and stuff. Yep. Yep. He's got his own medical bag. Wow. You have your own medical mm -hmm. bag? What's in your medical bag? Tell her. Um, what's in my medical bag? What's in your medical um, bag? Um, um, blood pressure, band-aids, uh, Omron, alcohol, um, <laughs> alcohol wipes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Deep. laughs> <laughs> not not just alcohol. Alcohol wipes. Um, and there's there's other things that you really like. Like you like things about police officers. Yes, I was a correctional officer in Oregon. You used to live in Oregon, right? Yeah. A little bit closer to me. Yeah, but don't you wish we we wouldn't have moved? I do wish that you wouldn't have moved. But you <laughs> really liked working with the police when you were here, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're interested in some pretty important jobs like doctors and healthcare and police officers and all those important life-saving jobs. Is there anything um, else that is there anything else, Ty, that you wish people knew about you? Um video games. I you do like, like playing video games. If we fast forward now, mom, Tyler's gonna be 32 in October. What what has this journey been like for you? Are you coming to my birthday in October, Amy? I'm not coming to your birthday in October, but I will see you in a couple of months. We'll talk about that in one second. It's been a journey. Says sometimes he wishes he was like Ben and Gabby and there was nothing wrong with him and he doesn't have to, you know, um, but he's very smart and he's very good. He has worked and he has had services and right now we can't get anything for him. All in all, he's a good boy. He's like a Man, what do you, what would you, you know, if you talking to another parent who's navigating having a child with medical complications or special needs, what would you, what would you tell him or her? Don't take no for an answer. Don't mm -hmm. say my child can't do that. Or don't let them say your child can't do that because your child can do that. Mm -hmm. And he and might, he might have to have some aid, but he can do it still. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that people get wrong about disabilities? I think they, the people think it's something bad or something people can't do or, you know, or whatever, but they're not, they're just people. And they do, they might learn a little slower or they might need some help here and there, but they're just like us. I mean, they're just, just like us. They want the same thing. They want people to love them. They want people to um, be nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> and they, um, they want to be successful. They want to, you know, do everything that everybody else does. In whatever way they can. In every, whatever way they can. Do you think it's changed your family? Totally. Yeah. I think it has. I had Tyler. Well, when I had Tyler, you were much older. So you were college and whatever. Jenny was there and she helped with them. But I may, I tried to make sure that Tyler was never in their classes because I felt like he needed to strive for himself. And they already have him at home that they have to deal with, you know? So um, all through their school, they, I think he was in one of Gabby's classes, but she was asked before he went to her class. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. And, and in what ways has it been good for your family? Well, I think they have better understanding. I mean, just like any other brother or sister, you can say what you want to your brother, but anybody else says it, they're going to be in trouble. Be in a lot of trouble. Sometimes they were jealous, mm -hmm. I think. 
sometimes I think they felt like I gave him more time than I gave them. Mm -hmm. But no matter how many children you have, each child is different and they need you at different times more than others, you know, Mm -hmm. and Tyler's just been more consistently needy. Yeah. Needy of your time for sure. Yeah. Well, we're here to this rapid fire ending, um, which is just a few quick questions. So I'll start with you, Tyler. What's one thing you are really love or enjoying doing right now in your life? Um, Just spending time with mom. (laughs) And mom, for you, what's one thing that feels life giving for you? Just being grateful that just being grateful for all my kids, really. I'm Tyler's special. Yes, he is not any more special than all of you are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just different. Yeah. My kids Um, are my world. (laughs) They are. And we kind of already asked the second rapid fire question, which is what's one thing people get wrong about people with disabilities. And you said that, you know, they can't do something or to be limited in some capacity. And I think Tyler, what I heard you say is that just because you have a disability doesn't mean you're not smart. Right. Yeah. What are things that you're really smart in? Typing. Typing. I'm playing video games. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning um how to um count money because my mom's teaching me how to I count my allowance. Oh yeah, good. Can I tell you a, a story that not even mom remembered about something I think you're really good at? Um yeah. So when you were in elementary school and Gabby and Ben were obviously in elementary school with you at the same time, but they're a little bit younger and you guys came home from school and um there were like different types of groups for reading and like the green group was like the best group and the highest group and like they were reading really well and then the yellow group was just kind of right on track in the middle and then the red group was kind of slow or having a hard time learning to read and so um Gabby and Ben came home and Gabby reported to everybody that she was in the green group for reading and she was you know the best reader in the class and she said that you were in the red group for reading. <clears throat> and I could tell when she said that, that it kind of hurt your feelings. Yes. And do you remember what you said to her? Um, don't hurt my feelings like that. <laughs> well, something very similar. You said, well, I guess you're not in the green group for being nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be for reading because she was being mean. Right. Right. (laughs) I feel like one of the things you've always been really good at is I think you have a great sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So last question, nine or 10 o'clock at night and you have a special food craving. What is the thing that you love to eat the most? Mexican. At at late at night? Um. It's okay. Uh, Anytime. What's your favorite snack? Um, string cheese. String cheese. And what about for you, mom? I usually eat that late, but I would say ice cream. What kind? Probably cookie dough. Well, you two, we've come to the end of our time. And I hope that people who are listening have heard a story about advocacy and stick-to-itiveness and also the things that make professionals in the lives of families of people with disabilities, more compassionate, um, more relatable, 
really hearing the voice of parents and allowing them to be their child's best expert um, and including them, whether it be in their healthcare decisions or for the child in education. And I think those are, are things that have been really pivotal in Tyler's life. Um, so I just want to say thank you for joining me today. And Tyler, I think you might not know this. Yeah. But one of the reasons I do what I do is because of you. Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago when I was deciding, you know, to go to medical school or to become a psychologist and I was learning about kids with disabilities and I felt like I could really help you. It was one of the reasons I went into this work was because I had a brother like you who was incredible and kind and loving and had some special needs. And so you inspire me every day. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, mom. Thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Tyler. Yep. So is this why you do this? Because it reminds you of me? That's a lot of the reason why I do what I do, buddy. That's how much she loves you. Oh, and I love you too, Amy, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Amy, so much. Well, that's it, friends. If you like what you're hearing here, please download my free resource called 10 Guiding Principles to Nurture Connection and Help Children and Families Thrive. This is the most important medicine. Keep listening to other people's stories and let them transform you. And keep sharing yours because your humanity will heal others. Bye for now.